0: You are listening to Get Real Podcast.
1: And for those that have ears to hear, the raven has left the ark again. There is a cry in the wilderness. And for those of you, if you don't remember, When the raven was released from the ark, the dove and the raven stood together for quite some time before the raven disappeared. So it was with John the Baptist and Jesus, the raven and the dove. Their ministries coincided until John disappeared. that Lego set going? (laughs) Let's talk about that. Let's talk about some more about logos. Let's talk about prophetic arts because you mentioned that at the beginning of the last edition that we did. And here's the thing, Dan, is that I am still learning what prophetic arts is. Yeah. I don't have a full grasp on it, even though we are in the midst of it. And that's something that we're, we're doing. I just don't have a full grasp and understanding of it. And When we talk prophetic, a lot of people get a lot of misunderstandings about what prophetic is. It's not levitating into the third heaven all the time or even at all uh, to get a glimpse of what's going to happen in the future. And a lot of times when we say the word prophet, we always think of the long bony finger going to somebody and shouting them down for their sin. What I see a lot of prophecy and prophetic being is helping people connect the dots. And in the prophetic arts, God being the ultimate creator, the most creative person, and I can use that word God as a person, um, being God, using creativity to help people draw him to himself and to understand truth, and really to draw people to logos, Yes, is, is what God does. So... I'm really excited with a lot of confirmations that we've been getting and I got to go back to the beginning of even before the Get Real podcast came came out when I was working on the book Stones That Cry and I draw I drew the original artwork for the book cover which consisted mostly of stick figures and very crude drawings of doves and ravens it was horrendous
0: Yeah there's prophetic arts and then there's Pathetic, pathetic arts. Arts, okay <laughs> I couldn't resist. the book cover. <laughs> you were just laying there, just ready to get smacked. Yeah. I had to do it.
1: And, and I'm not surprised that Sam couldn't draw that because my original drawing was so bad. <laughs> it was horrible. the uh, The original drawing of the dove meeting with the raven and the two of them combined. And really, that's the visual that I have. I'm a very visual person. Uh, the visual that I have for the prophetic arts is the dove and the raven working together. Symbolizing
0: what to you?
1: Symbolizing, well, I finally think I understood it. And I finally think I got a grasp of it. Is that the prophet is oftentimes represented by the raven. You go back and you take a look at Noah's Ark. The first bird released was what? The raven. It was the raven. It's a very smart bird, and it can talk. Ravens speak. Now, it's a very raspy voice that they speak in, but that raven was something that would come back and probably tell Noah what was out there. And it's funny because if you take a look at the military, one of the um, UAVs that they use is called the raven. Huh. Okay. He came back and he said, <laughs> Water! 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 <laughs> is that the way he talks? Yeah, that's the way he talks. And then what was the second bird that Noah it's A dove. A dove. A lot of people don't realize that for a period of time, the raven and the no A dodo. A dodo. <laughs> <laughs> it just goes, <laughs> and splash, <laughs> and dies. <laughs> Natural selection at its finest, Yo. people. The raven and dove worked together for a while. And then the raven disappeared. So we go to the Old Testament and we take a look at Elijah. And who was Elijah comforted and fed by when he fled Jezebel? Ravens. Ravens. They brought him food. So then we take a look at John the Baptist and Jesus. John the Baptist's vocals, the way that he spoke, the way that he presented and preached the message, if you look at the original Greek, was in the manner of a raven. So John the Baptist symbolically is like a raven, and Jesus the dove And both of them, like in the Old Testament, worked together until the raven, John, disappeared. Yeah. All right. And what's interesting is what started this was the vocalizations that I hear in a lot of metal. You hear the, the raspy, the distorted voice. And it's interesting because I was playing a song for Deb the other night. She's like, well, I don't understand the words. Well, what it does is it draws you in to take a look at the words that are there. And a lot of them is what you have is you have a rock crying out. You have somebody that's seeking logos that in their cry for logos is speaking logos. God's using them. It's a, it's a mystery how, how it all works. So when you have the Raven and then you have the softer vocal, the melodic vocal that you can hear at the same time that the counteracts with them. And I'm going somewhere with this. A lot of times they used to refer to as to as the beauty and the beast vocalization. I prefer to refer to it as the raven and the dove. Hmm. Because John the Baptist, you know, he's, and, and even Jesus as the dove, he spoke cryptically in parables. And you would have to go and you have to dig and you have to seek the meaning. And that's what I find happening in a, in a lot of music today. So with that first cover, the raven and the dove working together. So you have the prophetic working with, with Jesus. Okay. It's, it's all the same, but they're symbolized by two different, two different birds working together. And then Remember how we were amazed when Stacy, our friend from Revelation Resistance, came up with our yep. logo for Lithos mm-hmm. Cry, and it was the same thing that I, in my crude attempts, to, tried to draw and Sam couldn't do it. Stacy drew the raven and the dove working together or coming together, and I I sent an email to Stacy's like, dude, this is exactly what we <laughs> I had envisioned for the first for the first book cover, and then just a few weeks ago. A new album came out from a band, Llvte El, El, I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Uh, they're known for their band name not being pronounced right. Down here in South Carolina, we'd pronounce it Elvita. <laughs> hey, man, give me some more of that Elvita stuff. I know?
0: really like Elvita, And I like Velveta <laughs> too. Yeah,
1: Vel- Elvitae. They play Celtic folk metal. And any band that can rock a hurdy-gurdy... And the bagpipes at the same time, I'm really kind of interested in. Now, Aye. <laughs> what's funny about this band is that a few about a year ago, um, the record store at the mall was shutting down, and I was able to get one of their CDs for like five bucks or something like that, and I brought it back, and I really didn't like it. i listened to two tracks. I was like, eh, I'm just, just not into this. Um, but with this new album that came out, I'd have gotten us that just came out, I watched the video. I don't know why I got prompted to watch the... Oh, there was a raven in the video. I think that's what what did it. So I'm sitting and I'm watching the video and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. A lot of this is the same symbolism that we have with the prophetic arts because not only do you have the raven flying, but you also have the dove flying at the same time, the two of them working together. I'm like, where are we going with this? A lot of the imagery is the same and I have the album you know I really like something if I buy it on vinyl and I've got it sitting over there on vinyl because vinyl's a little bit more expensive than a CD um, and I've got it sitting over there and it's a beautiful album cover of the Raven and basically a skyline that's the same color that Stacy drew and I sent a picture of that to Stacy a couple days ago and uh, he's like whoa it's pretty neat to get get some confirmations there's been a lot stirring in me since their first album Songs have come out off of this album. Just the track listing really piqued my interest, Dan. Uh, you have Cry in the Wilderness. What does that sound like, Dan? John the Baptist. John the Baptist is something that Isaiah said. The Raven Hill.
0: Elijah.
1: Elijah. And wasn't there a prophet named Leonard Ravenhill? Remember him? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, wow. wow. No. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. God. Uh, Worship. Rebirth. Rebirth. Wow. Yeah.
0: Not trying to steal your thunder. I'm just kind of amazed by that.
1: It's pretty amazing.
0: Quick question yeah. about ravens: mm-hmm. What do they naturally eat? Are they scavenger? Like they'll eat dead things? Yeah, they're they're scavengers. You know what? It while you were talking, and I was like, wow, I've never really thought about it that way. And there's a really mm-hmm. good thing. I'm pretty sure it's Leonard Ravenhill talking about. The, no, no, the other guy I like Tozer.
1: To- A.W. Tozer. Okay. Okay.
0: He talks about and he's got a thing about um, that whole thing with the two birds. But it's almost like a raven is a temporal voice. Yes, a mortal seeing what God exposes above the ocean of the iceberg. Oh, <laughs> right. Keep going, brother. Okay. And then the raven does his part and goes away. Because in in Christ, or somebody that is, it, you know, it, it's completely different. It's eternal logos. It's going to stand. So somebody actually doing that smidgen of ministry, that temporal prompting, evangelism. Mm-hmm. I, I've often, you could have people... Um, point a pistol at you and say, you better get right with God because I'm getting ready to shoot you in the head, right? And would you consider that evangelism? No. no. Right? Uh, uh, you know, certain facets of, quote, <laughs> Christendom did yeah. in in ways. Or you could go in in the same way in inelegantly um, scare people to the death using pathos.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That fire is so hot; it's gonna burn forever. And you better yeah. and work people's emotions till they're like, "Man, I'm gonna walk that aisle. I'm, I'm gonna. I better get down there it's, and talk to the emo- preacher." It's
1: emotional manipulation. And,
0: and you sit there and you go, "What is evangelism?" But you look at it and you go, "John the Baptist, appropriately, was evangelism or pre-evangelism, whatever you want to call it. He was calling people to bow the knee to logos himself." Yes. And to prepare the way for Logos. So it's amazing to me that raven voice is that temporal, worldly, sanctioned effort that God anoints in us to be able to do, that smidgen that's above the water, that we can actually help induce labor if you will yeah, you know what I'm saying because I think about it because that's such a narrow thing it's like we want to um, put a notch on our Bible have you ever been with a manipulative evangelist yes I've I've been to certain churches certain Baptist churches not dogging the Baptist you people get over it. you're everywhere here (laughs) Um, but it's like and they will have the most manipulative like fiend Mm -hmm. and you don't feel like it's holy no You feel like it's ego, and they're like, well, I'm only going to play this one more time, and it's almost like he's got to get a reaction, or his ego is on the line. But I think the raven is that dead thing in this dead world, that dead voice, that temporal voice, that merciful voice, right? Everybody that Jesus raised from the dead died. Right.
1: No, really. Yeah.
0: Everybody that he healed eventually died, died. Okay. So it was temporal. It was utilitarian. It was promoting logos. Yes. On Whoa. For the dove, for an eternal level yes. of of the recompense, the result, if you will, of those sanctioned raven efforts. We're going to be dove. The raven would be gone, and the dove is eternal. The dove is the Holy Ghost. The dove is Logos. So I didn't want to steal thunder, but it unraveled for me. that
1: is just mind-blowing. So the raven points to Logos. The raven always leads to Logos.
0: But the raven isn't Logos. Logos.
1: No, and the raven is messy. The there raven isn't pretty. The raven's voice wow. is not
0: pretty. The raven is our lives. The raven is God using, you know, a messed up individual to actually, what could I do? What could you do? We could give $10. We could go and speak something on a podcast. We could go and stumble through trying to understand scripture. We could go and um, be a local uh Church go, we can go to church, we can support our local ministry, we could do all these different things, but really it is it is temporal, it is this, and only the essence of what the dove would be able to take, you know, is gonna be eternal. It's the only thing that comes back. When you said dove, I thought about logos. And you think about what was originally spoken by the mouth of God, the whole universe, the cosmos, God's plan. God's specific algorithm, God's formula, God's layout, God's feng shui, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. He laid it out and allowed, ugh, it's one of those, you know, we get a little dizzy with it, but allowed somehow in his infinity, the demise of it, but then beautifully and graciously and full of joy— made the way for its redemption uh, there's some heavy stuff there dude this whole raven and thing i had always enjoyed i was like yeah that's cool that's kind of metal that's kind
1: of inspirational but i didn't get it but that that's cool yeah I, I didn't get it all at first either it's it's so deep and here's the wonderful thing about ravens not only are they smart but they're very loyal really they're monogamous really they make for life so are doves so are doves ravens are all they're very playful they play this little game where they stack um
0: rocks do they they like shiny things or was that a kid's movie i
1: think that was a kid's movie it's like sparkly rat. <laughs> yeah.
0: what was that the rats of nim I think. yeah yeah the
1: rats of nim yeah.
0: yeah yeah i think ravens probably do like sparkly things uh indulge my my uh
1: and it's interesting because if you look at through, if you look through it, and we're going to go there with this in a minute. If you look through a lot of mythology and things like that, there's always references to ravens, and death all, and death. Yes, temporal, yeah, temporal. Huh. Yeah, Nevermore. Yeah, that's what Edgar Allan Poe's raven said. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Hmm. So very deep stuff. So my appreciation for what God's doing in the earth, and you look at in the Book of Genesis because. A lot of people are like, well, the raven is the devil's bird, and it's the witch's bird. Well, in Genesis, it says God created all fowls
0: with the air. Okay. Keep going. You mentioned Celtic. Yes. And this particular group and a lot of different ones will look at at, at the Celts. Mm -hmm. And then I think when we mention the Celts, and you think about they had the Druids as their priesthood, and they Mm -hmm. had all these different things going on, and the human sacrifice, which was... Obviously not unique to them. It was all over the world. All over the world, yeah. You know what's interesting? I would propose that when cultures actually devolve into the anti-Logos position of human sacrifice, which God used... God used human sacrifice. ...to bring Logos okay the rebellion the horrible the it's the antithesis of the reaction i would i would surmise this that a culture that eventually decides to go the route of pathos and ethos self-interest money attention power whatever eventually devolves into human sacrifice and debauchery
1: dan i would say that we as a society ourselves are there
0: oh we're there and how many times have we been there that you look through history the phoenicians the mayans the aztecs the celts that you name it but i think that there was an opportunity there was that raven opportunity there was that interaction with with the universe, with logos around you, to be able to understand. But I think when somebody got in there and said, "Whoa, you could make a li- nice living at this," whoa, the Egyptians, ah, you know what? If we memorized these tides and could figure out to tell all the the dullards that, oh, I predict that the the Nile will flood to yonder, and they figured it out, and then people thought that, oh, they're they're supernatural. And they could lord over other people that whole horizontal dimension, rather than that vertical dimension of people really wanting to know truth, really wanting to know the gnawing the truths that you and I talked about from you know, four or five years old, six years old, you're sitting there thinking about you know the universe right. and God and what's going to happen and, and life, death, danger, what, what's it all about? right? I think that when it gets away from that, it turns into prosperity preaching
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is the modern day it almost helps human sacrifice well you take think a- about abortion think about everything right now ruling we have all these huge ministries they haven't resulted you know
1: nothing 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 it's resulted in nothingness in a lot of a lot of instances and going back to the messy you know, we're we're messy. Okay,
0: compared to me, you
1: are not messy. <laughs> but when you take a look at when we do these podcasts, are we polished? No, no. Half no. the time we're in here, and even right now, I feel like I'm just stumbling all over everything. And hopefully, somebody's going to get something out of this. Yeah, it. but it's, it's vulnerable and honest, yeah. and it's it's a raven turd. It's a. raven. <laughs> Stacy, there's another one for the book, raven turd.
0: <laughs> I mean, it is. It, it's unseemly. It's temporal. It's disgusting. It's got its thing but for the person in the right place being pegged in the head but... by that beak, <laughs> by that steak knife beak. <laughs> or I was thinking the turd like, <laughs> landing bombardier style. And then all of a sudden you get pegged in the head with a Raven turd, but for the right person, it could be illuminating into it, logos.
1: It could be. So it took me a while to kind of wrestle with what Elvitae is doing and this concept album that they have. And it, It's about passing from life to death. To me, that's a cry for eternity. That's a cry for wanting logos to resolve some things. And I saw the video for uh, the the Adagatnos song and was just blown away by the imagery. And I even said to Stacy, he he and I were texting back and forth a little bit. I was like, yeah, it took me a little while to figure out kind of what's going on here a little bit. And then it just hit me. I was like, well, wait a minute. They are. okay because the church has been silent, because the church is off in precious moments, prosperity land or anti logos or ethos land or pathos land. God is so desiring to pursue the souls of men and get his message out that he is bypassing much of what we consider to be the church, the cheese, the cheese He is bypassing it and going to the lost, the rocks that are crying out that are desiring logos Hmm. and using them. So as they're crying out for logos, he's moving through logos through them. Yeah. I don't get it. It's messy. But I do know that the God that we profess, that we believe in, wants men to be saved, and he is going to... Abandon the 99 to go for the 1. Personal
0: observation. Okay. You, in general, are very structured, very organized, very linear. And for you to say those things means that you have bent the knee to very humble places. I compliment you in that. For you to be able to have the revelations that you just said over the past five minutes, being that your personality... Is geared in a certain direction is very, let me think of the right word, dynamic. And what I mean is that's rare. It's because most people that would have that would brush over, they could get so involved with ethos so quickly. Okay. Mm-hmm. And a reminder pathos, that's the hype, that's the sales, that's everything. Ethos, the shining of the outer cup. You got to get into this moral code, right? And Glenn, being as linear as you are humanly, it's a gift, okay? Um, I don't have that. You know, I try, I can hyper focus, but I have to struggle through it. You can be very, oh, it's got to be appropriate. It's got to be this. It's got to be orderly. It's got to make sense. It's got to do this. You could be really self righteous really fast. And for you to really take to heart that sloppiness, that irregularity, that lack of utopian notions on this side really happening, right? It's not going to happen. And, um, and, uh, that's so I, I compliment you in that. You've, you've, you're in a special place, I really believe, uh, with the Lord by being able to be sensitive and humble enough to contrast, because that's rare. It would be more, you know, usually somebody that's out on the edge that, um, you know oh i, I loved filthy rags mm-hmm. and they ministered to us ministered Dude, oh, to time. me okay big, big time. time and they are not i would think from a real linear like organized perspective they they had trouble with drugs they had trouble with all these things god did awesome things through them and they speak and they can they can deal with people's messes why cuz they felt like they were really a mess mm-hmm. okay um Worldly wise human score, you are not messy, right? And for you to have a revelation that would be beautiful, that would be merciful, that would look at people that are like completely messed up, completely upside down, and go like, "Man, God's working with you. God's working with you. God's speaking to you. God's." out of the mess, out of that chaos, I just think that's very peculiar, not in the weird sense, but in that beautiful, rare sense, right? So, no, I, I compliment that because that doesn't fit. Um, that You're not going to see that very often. Like, normally, really intelligent people that are very linear and very organized make great Pharisees, right? So for you, you just basically laid out <laughs> the doom of all Pharisees. <laughs> It's sloppy and God's after you. So it was real, that was real Raven fist bump. There we go. So, yeah, n- don't lay a turd on me from the air. <laughs> oh,
1: don't try, I'll try not to. You no, that. and I mean that yeah.
0: totally. So, bro, Thank receive you. it. Thank you.
1: I receive it. And a lot of the things that I talk about and bring up on this podcast are things that I have to work through. I have to break the linear. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, no, to me, <laughs> totally as I'm saying with the stuff that's been put out by Vite, at first, I was like, this doesn't make, you know, this doesn't make sense. And then, Oh, wait a minute, what's going on here? And having to go back to it and back to it and be like, what's going on here? And then finding what's beautiful in the midst of it. Cause we just watched the video parts of the video for the two songs that they have that are out. Right. And what I see is a desire for heaven, a desire for eternity, Desire for logos is what they're crying out for. And I want to play an interview here that's on YouTube. Uh, It's official track by track. I believe
0: them, by the way. Uh, Normally, when you're listening to a band, Mm -hmm. they could be like, oh, what? It could be clickbaity. Yeah. It could be like, oh, we just got to get hits. We got to get this record out. We got to do their thing. There's something underneath that is motivating them in what we would consider to be the spiritual realm. Yes. And I don't think think they're lying.
1: I don't think so either. There's a desire. When you got somebody who says, for those who have ears, let them hear. Yeah. That sounds familiar to me. Yeah. Yeah. I I think I read that somewhere uh, in
0: in the Bible. And that could have been said with a tinge
1: of mockery. But it wasn't. Let's play that. Yeah. Let's listen. Judge for yourself. Okay. So here we go. Here we go.
0: It's the story of every mythology, religion and every single human being. Every time when something bad happens to us and we don't know what to do, and we go to the dark place,
1: this is chaos, this is the descent. Then we have to adjust ourselves to overcome the struggle and be reborn. It's a mythological cycle in everyday
0: life and it's an idea that is very close to my heart.
1: Everything has its origin, in darkness, and you know, the day rises from the night and the unborn
0: baby receives its life in the dark mother's womb the grain must fall into the soil and break in its darkness first before it spreads and becomes a precious plant and the grub first must die in the dark of its cocoon before it spreads the wings of a butterfly he was asked to hear let him hear
1: interesting i could hang out with him
0: oh yeah well everything that he said was scripture it was scripture now, it seems like the pattern, okay, you look at the ministry of Christ. Okay. And Christ would go many times and he was very concerned about the physical needs of, of people
1: mm-hmm.
0: poverty, sickness, sickness, a need for healing, need for. So he would go and oftentimes he would bestow, whether it was physical or miraculous some sort of provision, some sort of help, right? Mm -hmm. And when I hear her, I think the beginnings, she's young, very young. Very young. Um, I think the beginnings of those inklings of beginning to want to interpret, like we talked about as toddlers, you know, babies, we were having these things go through our minds. With her, what do you hear? You hear these concerns about, problems and things that arise and very just basic you have a good day you have a bad day you have problems in your life and you get reborn there's the descent and and, and there's all these things that are in her life and it starts there because people understand an empty belly Mm
1: -hmm.
0: a crying sick baby a um an ailing elderly person people understand they they understand their need okay and it's just so interesting that it went from him from her And her expressions were in that basic, young, elementary interpretation of the cosmos around you, which is like, these are dangerous waters. Yes. Who can help me navigate so I can get my next meal, my next boyfriend, my hopeful uh, soulmate, my um, provision. Where's this going? Will I die young like so-and-so? Will I die old? Oh, I got to die old. Will I? Is there anything beyond the old? Oh, what about sickness and pain? And and that's the rudiment of psychology of of what we deal with as humans. And I hear that's one thing I do love about metal because it's unorthodox psychologically in the sense that you could scream, you can vent, you can get things out. And when I hear them, I hear them as telling the truth. This is not Nickelback.
1: No right. This this is not stuff that you sell to make money.
0: No offense to Nickelback, but you know when, when you're in it for the chicks and the money, and it's like you know let's do the. I want to
1: be a rock
0: star. <laughs> Look at this
1: photograph. <laughs>
0: oh, but you know what I'm saying. This isn't Nickelback. A lot of times, metal is highly intelligent people that sit there and analyze the world around them, and then. Um, without any m- maybe moral guidance. They just spew it out with a lot of loud guitar and yelling. And um, this is actually quite refined. This is elegant in a sense. They're asking questions that are very close to Scripture. And whether or not he's bringing that up rhetorically or he's bringing that up genuinely because there's a an understanding that, that God's moving upon him or that he knows Scripture He's quoting scripture. He's
1: quoting scripture. Whether it's
0: to go, "Oh, here's the way it's really supposed." To. Not, you know, no offense to the evangelicals, but you need to understand this in a Celtic format. Well, I don't think taking young ladies and sacrificing. Well, think about it, Glenn. What was the basic Bullcrap understanding of every major religion on the earth. Oh, if we want good crops, we blood need to, sacrifices. let's blood sacrifice blood somebody sacrifice, innocently yeah. so we get grain or we I mean, get I'd corn, or so the hurricane, the monsoon yeah. won't kill us, right?
1: Well, the thing is, Dan, is if they really believed in blood sacrifices of beautiful virgins, their lead singer would not have passed. <laughs> yeah, she, would, she wouldn't. Yeah, she wouldn't. She wouldn't make the cut. <laughs> she She's lovely. She wouldn't make the cut. So. That leads to the next thing, is that I know that they're viewing things through kind of a Celtic mindset. Maybe that's what they think they're doing, and maybe something else is going on. Or maybe it's a superficial oh, man, it's romantic a super- notion, because no, it's beautiful music. It and is. Beautiful,
0: who's not, are you, I'm fascinated with anything Celtic.
1: Well, I am too. I like to listen to Enya.
0: Okay. I have to admit
1: that I've always been fascinated with Enya.
0: I don't know if we can be friends.
1: Okay, <laughs> uh, Lorena at. McKinnett was one of the first introductions I had to true Celtic music. Same with. <laughs> yeah, not Enya, but yeah. <laughs> L- Lorena McKinnett, who is actually a friend of my uncle's. Are you okay, Charlie Horse? Leg cramp. Leg, Leg cramps. And then you have uh, Leah, the homeschool and rock and mama, who uh, the Christian artist. Yes. Has a, her music is basically Celtic? Oh, dude, it's Celtic! It's absolutely beautiful. So I am Celtic. <laughs> I, know, I know. I'm
0: beautiful, Glenn. Thank you. Thanks so much. So he wasn't just a car salesman; he was a car salesman who loved to play guitar.
1: Breaking through the linear mindset, I, I had to do some seeking on this. As, okay again? What's going on, and how does this? How does this work in the real universe that we live in? is that if you pursue mythologies, if you pursue other religions, and this is what I was talking about in the last edition that we had, is that you're probably going to make some stops at some places that are kind of messy and that you're not supposed to be on your way if you keep pursuing the Logos. If you pursue all this stuff all the way through to the end and and not satisfied with where you're at, you will wind up at Logos. You will wind up at Christ. Get Real will be soon back. Okay. Wow.